This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Santa's favorite kind of wagertainment, the Daily Tip. On my nice list, it's Michael Jenkins. Yeah! Oh my God! And getting her a lump of coal, Chelsea Messenger. <laughs> and I can't forget our reindeer, the Donkster. Here on the BetQL Network, sponsored by BetMGM. <laughs> Oh, it's almost that time, baby. Christmas time, and Chelsea's got some work to do. It is a daily tip for Make You Up, presented by BetMGM. Good Monday morning to you. It is December 18th, inching closer to Santa coming down the chimney. Coming up on this Monday edition, a recap of last night's Sunday night football game with the Ravens in Jacksonville. Finally, bowl season is underway. We will preview the one game on the schedule while also talking NFL MVP odds in 20 minutes. Baseball news comes your way at 6.40, followed by MVP Monday at 7 o'clock. Then it is our first look at tonight's Monday night football game at 7.20 with Seattle and Philly going head-to-head. Today's NBA schedule at 7.40. And during the final hour what we learned during week 15 of the national football league before we get a visit from the doctor the reindeer at 8 45 chelsea i feel like you're wearing black this morning in morning of you not being on the nice list you are now on the naughty list and this is not where you want to be this time of year you're close to christmas well, this was a complete shock to me. I did not expect to be on the naughty list. I feel like I've been mm-hmm. pretty good. I think mm-hmm. some people have been misconstruing things that I've been saying, and I don't appreciate the mudslinging from my own teammates because that's who it is. What did this all stem from? Me saying that elves shouldn't have beard hair? What else have I done wrong? Like, seriously, what else have I done wrong to get me on the naughty list? Name all the things. I bet you can't. I can. You said that Santa deserved to be slapped in the face. You criticized me for believing in Santa Claus. You revealed on national radio the falsehood that Santa isn't real. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. I feel like that's a bunch of coal right there in your stocking. Okay. The direct quote was, I thought Draymond Green would be capable of slapping Santa. I never said anything that Santa (laughs) deserved it. I was trying to be timely and funny saying that Draymond Green has no boundaries when it comes to who he would slap with some of his, I didn't mean to, it was an accident. Like he'd be sitting on Santa's lap and just turn around and be like, there goes Santa's, you know, draw. Uh, Because Draymond Green has gone to slap somebody yet again. So these are a lot of falsehoods. I didn't think that I would have to wake up at you know, 5.03 a.m. and defend myself for being on the nice yeah. list. But here we are, Jenks. Here we are. What a start to the week. 
Oh, yeah. Happy Monday, Chelsea. How was your weekend? What did you do besides get on the naughty list? Something fun? I saw that you you were doing a bunch of stuff this weekend. Yeah, I went to the Nutcracker with my daughter because Aww. we have been listening to classical music when I paint mm-hmm. with her. And also, she likes watching the ballets on YouTube and she likes doing all the twirls and stuff. So I thought I would take her to the ballet. Uh, does not sound like something somebody on the naughty list would do. I don't know. Trying to do nice things for my daughter. I don't know. So uh, you decide, America. You decide. You decide. Chelsea presents the facts. Chelsea prevents the information. And then you decide. I want to say facts. I feel like some of those are specious. But it looked like you had a great time. You did go. You and Blake were dressed up. Oh, <laughs> like did you? A fact. Did you? Do you know what a fact <laughs> is? There was no, video I don't. Like most of America, 11. I think all opinions are facts. I have no clue. Did she survive? <clears throat> Excuse me. Did she survive the two hours, Chelsea? That was the concern from yeah. last week. Yeah, she sat through the whole thing. There was an intermission. Awesome. I think yeah. it was an hour and then a 20 minute intermission. And then the final act was 40 minutes. So she was good. She was entertained the entire time. And I will say the first part was a little dry. Um, but, you know, it was good. It definitely had its moments, and I thought it got better as the act went on. Like, the second act, like, the second half was way better. First half was, like, you know, Giants Raiders or something. And then it got better as things went (laughs) on. So I did appreciate it, and I would go again. Well, you had a good time at the ballet. You also had a very good week betting, so tell us about your bets over the weekend. Yeah, it was a split for me. Uh, Titans game was infuriating. Of course, they lost to the Texans, which at this point in the season, you know what? Maybe they need to lose out all of their games so they can get a better draft pick. Had Tajay Spears over 15 and a half receiving yards against the Texans. He only had one catch for seven yards. I was kind of debating back and forth between receiving and rushing. Rushing was definitely the play. Receiving was not. However, uh, other play of the na- of the the weekend was Rams minus six and a half against the Commanders. That was a dub. The Rams win this one, twenty eight to twenty, surviving a comeback from the Commanders at the hands of Jacoby Brissett, former Wolf or former Wolfpacker. Yeah, my dude. Ah. Uh, but I will take that win, one and one for the weekend. I went three and three. I went big trying to chase after not a great regular. I was going to say regular season, but just not a great week overall. But I went three and three instead. So whatever. Had Miami of Ohio, App State under 43. App State wins 13 to nine. Easy winner on the under. Had Georgia Southern minus three against Ohio. Ohio, a big winner. That was a loss. Had New Mexico against Fresno State. Fresno State wins. Jacksonville State money line versus Louisiana. That was a sweat. Jacksonville wins in overtime. Then on Friday, had Lakers plus Pacers, both on the money line. Both lose. Of course they do. And also Stars, three-way money line, hosting the Sins. That was a winner, so three and three for me. As for the Donkster, a middling weekend as well. On Friday night, Sharks, Coyotes, under six and a hook. Coyotes win one nothing. That was a win. Then had... Browns minus three hosting the Bears. That was a push. The Browns win 20 to 17. And Jets, Dolphins over 37. The Finns win 30 nothing a loss. So for the week, Chelsea, you went four and three. I went seven and 11. Gross. Donkster went four, six and one. We should mention Double D's DeGen Parlay went four and six. So another chance to get it done. 
this Friday, Double D. It is a daily tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on this early Monday morning. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east. What did we see last night in Jacksonville? The Ravens beat the Jags 23-7. The Ravens laying four points. They were minus 220 on the money line. Total set at 42 at hook. And the under hits Lamar Jackson. 14 of 24, 171 yards, one touchdown, one pick, while making some magic happen along the way. Final minute of the third. From the 30, Lamar Jackson got out of it, would be sacked. Keeps it alive and flings it in the air. It is brought in by Likely at the five. Isaiah Likely goes up between Darius Williams and Andrew Wingard. <laughs> It makes a spectacular catch. All you need to know about Mike Tirico and that call on NBC is Chris Collinsworth in the background going, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's one of those plays that you honestly, you really need to see where Lamar's just dancing around, dancing around, waiting, waiting, finds his guy, and that would lead to a Ravens touchdown. The Gus Bus also rushes for 58 yards, and the Ravens Chelsea do it again. They have won four straight football games now and clinched their spot in the NFL playoffs. And we can get to Jacksonville self-destructing throughout this game as well. Right. This was a game with big time implications for both the playoff picture. Like you said, now the Ravens have a 71% chance to land that number one overall seed in the AFC, much to the chagrin of the Kansas City Chiefs, because I believe that the Ravens would have lost this would have catapulted the Chiefs into the driver's mm -hmm. seat for that number one overall seat. And also for the MVP race. We will talk about this later in the show, but it feels like one of those years where the MVP is still very much wide open. And this was a game where Lamar Jackson really could have taken control of it. I thought he had a good mm -hmm. game, but I'm not sure if it was enough to kind of catapult him into the favorites discussion when it comes to MVP. Right now, it looks like Brock Purdy and maybe Christian McCaffrey, as uh, Brock Purdy said in his press conference, he thinks he's the MVP. Uh, but back to this game. Did we expect more from the Jags here, especially this Jags offense? I think this is a Jaguars team that's been really disappointing this year. And because they're a middle market team, they don't really get the the flack and the hate that you know the big market mm -hmm. teams do but remember the start of the season i think a lot of us like trevor lawrence to possibly be a contender for mvp oh yeah absolutely and and the jaguars i mentioned it they self-destructed in this game like full credit to the ravens because that's football right mm -hmm. you hold on to the football you don't make mistakes but there were a couple of instances one in which Trevor Lawrence is driving against the Ravens. Both of these things happened in the second quarter, by the way. And the Jags are driving down the field, and Trevor Lawrence running the ball, fumbles it at the 18-yard line. Then you turn it over. Fine. Jaguars had two fumbles in this game. And then even worse, I don't know what was going on at the end of the half, but the Boo Birds were out in Jacksonville, as they should have been, because the Jags were driving right down the field. They didn't have any timeouts. And they just lost their minds where they threw one pass. They were on the five-yard line, Baltimore's five, and they throw a pass out in the flat. They don't get out of bounds. Time runs out. So you had a chance to easily get at least three points on the board, some sort of momentum going into halftime to make this a 10-3 game. And what do they do? They get nothing just because they couldn't manage the clock. Those sorts of things are unacceptable in 
pro football. So Jacksonville will look back and say, man, maybe the Ravens win this game no matter what, but they didn't help themselves at all. Yeah, this isn't the first time that's happened. This play gave me Mm -hmm. PTSD because I remember the end of the first half, Texans and Jags game. The Jaguars had first and goal from the one-yard line. Guess how many Mm -hmm. points they ended up with? Zero. I remember this very clearly because I had the over in that game. And betters never forget. Uh, But it just feels like a season where you look at their record, they're eight and six. They're in first place in the AFC South. So they're still going to have, you know, a pathway to the playoffs. And maybe they'll be one of those teams that you won't want to play and saying, okay, they have really high-end potential. If they can stop shooting themselves in the foot, maybe they can make some waves here. But is this something where you would feel comfortable betting on the, the the Jags moving forward. Because when you see a team like this that has potential, it can be really tempting. Mm-hmm. But also, when you see these mind-numbing mistakes, I feel like those are teams that I am really cautious when wanting to put my money on them. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know what to think about Jacksonville right now. What have they now lost three straight? So this was a team that looked like they were steaming towards the postseason. They're putting it together Trevor Lawrence did look like an MVP candidate and will be in the conversation in other years. Certainly not this season. It's way too late for him now. But yeah, you've got to be, you've just got to be smarter with the football at this time of year. You want to be trending in the right direction and playing your best football this season. And Jacksonville's just kind of sitting there. And I think you nailed it, which is, are the Jags serious contenders? Kind of on paper, because it looks like they can beat virtually anyone and they do have a franchise quarterback and they have weapons, and they have a good head coach. But until we see it, all they are is, you know, it's like Bill Parcell said back in the day, you are what your record says you are. And the Jaguars are a good team, but they are not a great team. And now we're getting to the point of the season where, look, you don't have a whole lot of time to sort of fix these glaring errors and become so much better. You can, but you got to do it right now. You don't want to go into the postseason limping. No, of course not. Um I'm looking at their schedule and I'm trying to justify this statement. And I'm not sure if the Jags can compete with the cream and the crop mm-hmm. because you look at that game. Uh, this was back in September, maybe not a good example. Chiefs beat them 17 to nine. They got absolutely smoked by the 49ers, which most teams do. But I think they're only like really solid win this year. And like all wins are solid. I should, you know, quantify my statement there. But looking at that game against the Texans in which the Texans actually had C.J. Stroud, because that's the other thing Mm -hmm. about the AFC South. Now the Jags look like they have a clean pathway because the Texans don't have C.J. Stroud, although the Texans did win over the weekend against my Titans. So I'm not sure. I always want to believe in the Jags because there's been years past where they have played the Chiefs closely. And, you know, sometimes their defense over the past decade has really got them, uh, you know, into some big games, notably those years that they had Blake Bortles at the helm. But still, I don't know. I feel like the Jags are one of those teams that, I don't know, they're just meh. They're very meh. They're very mid, isn't that what the kids would say? They're very mid right Mm -hmm. now. They're good enough, but they're not great. And at some point, I think that Trevor Lawrence needs to make that next level jump where he has been in the MVP conversation before, and rightfully so, but there have been times where he gets a little bit inconsistent or doesn't play to that level. I think there is another tier that he can advance to, but also when you talk about You talk about him, you also have to remember the fact he had that wasted year under Urban Meyer. So 
I don't want to say you want to give him a pass, but you certainly have to understand that if you think he's behind on the developmental curve, yeah, maybe a little bit, but also he had a complete throwaway year because his coach couldn't stop grinding on ladies in Ohio. Didn't make it through the season, so I'll give him a pass. He gets a little bit more time. Coming up next year on the show, bowl season is underway, and it continues this afternoon in Charlotte. Oh, we're going to check out the famous Toastery Bowl and take a peek at NFL MVP odds as well. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Start right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Good morning to you. It's the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by Bet MGM. Hope your holiday season is going well. Christmas is coming. I'm telling you. Coming up shortly here on the show, oh, what we expect today in the famous Toastery Bowl. Hell yes. It's going to be all downhill from here because this is my favorite segment. The only bowl game on the docket today. We'll talk some MVP odds as well in the NFL. Chelsea, you done with the old Christmas shopping? I am done. I even did stocking stuffers this year for the lovely Catherine. Got it all done. And I'm normally not great about this stuff, but I jumped on it early and now it's just smooth sailing from now until Santa comes down the chimney. What about you? I still have to shop for my daughter because the problem is I'm with her all the time. So I can't go shopping for her presents when she's with me all the time. So Tuesday yeah. is going to be the big day when she goes to school. It is the final day of her little mother's day out. They have a Christmas party and everything. Uh, so I'm going to use that time to frantically go shopping for all of her stuff because I probably oh. should have done it earlier. But here's the thing. She is four. She doesn't have anything major that she wants. She just likes like little dolls and like little, you know, knickknack type things. So I feel like I know what she wants. And I, this is the problem as a parent. Like, do you really want to set the stage early for your kid to really put an emphasis on material things? And I think it's like, Mm. you want them to have a special Christmas, but you don't want to go overboard. Because sometimes I see pictures of people's Christmas trees and I'm like, oh my god who are all those presents for like at some point like how many presents is too much so i think that is the conundrum that i'm kind of wrestling Uh with right now so you're thinking three three gifts she'll be good to go but jenks have you seen some of these kids and what they get oh no i know what you're saying for sure i had wonderful christmases when i was a kid and also too is what we would do is we would have a lot of gifts but also had a pretty decent sized family and then on christmas morning we would pile all of the gifts into the back of the suburban and then take it to my grandmother's house where everyone was meeting so then you saw gifts everywhere but it was a bit of a misnomer because you're talking about gifts from you know three four different families so it looks like oh my god these guys are going crazy for christmas and we had amazing christmases but at the same time it wasn't like oh half of these gifts are mine so I think it depends. And also, I think, too, this is before social media, so I wonder how much of that now has to do with wanting to put something out there. I don't know. If you saw my Christmas tree now, you would laugh. There's just a handful of gifts. It's just me and the lovely Catherine. 
I got a couple of cardboard boxes under there. I need to pull these things out when she's not around and actually wrap them. And I am terrible. I used to be able to wrap a gift. Oh, that was like cursive. I used to be great at cursive and great at wrapping gifts, and now it's just garbage time for both. <laughs> well, you just need the gift bags. That is the easy yeah. way out. You just need the gift bags, and you just stuff some uh, tissue paper in it. Yeah. What is your take on... I think this is a trend that is solely because of social media. Everything having the exact same color scheme. Because I have some uh, wrapping paper that is Christmas, but it doesn't match, you know, the decor in our house. Are oh, you Lord. somebody who has a very strong take on this? Because this is the current argument, I think, on TikTok and Instagram was, oh, your house and your tree needs to be aesthetic. And then there's the other side that's very uh -huh. against it and saying, what about nostalgia? What about all the tacky things that our parents used to do? It feels good to have those type things, you know, under your tree, in your house. So I think there is a roaring debate debate right now there between is? the people that are like, oh, we need everything beige and a, a shade of beige. And then there's the people who want all the colors. Pick a side, Jinx. Look at my face right now. If someone had this debate in front of me, I'd be like, I'm going to go get a drink, guys. Are we seriously debating over whether or not you should have presents under the tree that are a certain color scheme to match your aesthetic or not based on Christmas tradition versus what TikTok says is the current tradition? Chelsea, this sounds like the worst debate ever. I would say, and I will lean into being an old man, who cares? Are you getting to celebrate Christmas? Awesome. Is your family there? Great. Do you have gifts under the tree? That is something you shouldn't take for granted. That's fantastic. I want you to have a good Christmas. I don't care if it's in boxes. I don't care if it's wrapped in newspaper. I don't care if everything clashes or if everything is perfectly beige. So you can post a video on TikTok. Who cares? I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas, no matter how it goes. To me, this is a mind-numbing conversation. I would look at these kids and say, read a book, and I'd walk off. And that'd be it. And they'd be like, who's that nerd? Who's that old guy? I don't know. I would say, do whatever you want. Who cares? It's your family. And also each tradition or each family has different traditions. So what I would say is, why would you adjust something that feels good to you based on what TikTok says you could do? Do what you want. It's your family. If everything clashes, fine. If it works perfectly, fine. Who cares? Well, I think, again, this is the problem of social media because I've been on the receiving end of this. I post a picture of my home and the internet what? has something to say about it. And I think this is the difference between maybe like the the crowd and the demographic that I'm in that is all, mm -hmm. you know, women, homemakers, moms, where this is their sole job, you know, to make their house look good and welcoming. Yeah. But this is all of Instagram now. Everything is aesthetic, everything is pretty. Even people who like go to the airport, they're like, here's my airport fit. I'm like, this is the last time that I wanna be fashionable. Like who yeah. cares? You're right, but this is also the world that we live in where everything has yeah. to be picture perfect for Instagram.
Here's my airport fit, guys. I've got double socks on. They don't really match, but, you know, it gets really cold in the airplane. So I know that it doesn't really match the aesthetic, but I want to be warm. Also, this is an old T-shirt I threw on this morning. Here's a coffee stain here. I was rushing out the door. I couldn't get an Uber in time, so I spilled some coffee. And then also, this is a neck pillow. I don't know if you guys have ever seen these. This is a multicolored neck pillow. Kind of clashes with everything else, but I like to sleep sometimes on a plane. I, the last thing I want to do when I'm going to the airport is show off my fit. I'm trying to get in my seat on time. Yeah, I don't care enough. Like, who am I going to see at the airport? I'm oh, not single. I'm not trying to find a mate. I'm not at LAX. I'm not going to be in the background of a video on TMZ. <clears throat> so I'm not a celebrity and I don't care. Uh, but yeah, it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to keep up because like I said, I see the other moms and the other homemakers, which, you know, I'm mm -hmm. doing that part time as well. Uh, so you feel like you want to keep up and you want to give your family like everything that everybody else is doing. But at the same time, like I said, it's very exhausting. This is well, I can imagine because that is your like you said, that's your demographic, right? That's your wheelhouse. These are the people that are following you or are interested in what you're doing. What I would say is you look at these ladies, these mothers, these people in your demographic and you say, oh, yeah, well, why don't you handicap the famous toastery bowl for me, Karen? <laughs> What do you think about that? You got to pick there, and I bet dead silence. You could do it, though, Chelsea, because that's your wheelhouse, too. I think that's what we all have to remember. We have things that we mm -hmm. are good at and things that are in our wheelhouse. Lean into those. You can't be yeah. good at everything. So why not look at some of these bowl games and see if we can pick some winners? But, Jenks, how many opt-outs are we going to see in all these bowl, uh, these bowl games? Billion. I am sensing a theme. Uh, because even in this game, we're not going to see the starting quarterback for Western Kentucky. And I should start off by saying the opponents uh, in the famous Toastery Bowl that's going to be played in Charlotte. We've got a line of four and a half. Old Dominion favored here. A total of 51 and a half. We are seeing some rain in the forecast for Charlotte. So maybe you take a long, hard look at the under here. It makes me nervous playing totals in college football that are like in the 50s. Uh, especially yeah. 51 and a half. Like, I think I would still shade towards the under because of the weather and because of all the opt-outs. I believe Western Kentucky is going to be using their third string quarterback here. Uh, and then Old Dominion over the course of the season has not been a prolific offense. So, Jenks, what was your first read on this game? Was it the under or was it a side or was it an over? I will be playing the under. I'm going to play it up to its original total and lay the juice. I need a dub, guys. Total of 54, now it's down to 51 and a half, and we keep seeing action on the under, and it's because of the reasons you talked about. Not only is Western Kentucky playing without a starting quarterback, they're also playing without three of their starting offensive linemen. Quantavius Leslie, Vincent Murphy, Wes Dorsey, and then conversely, the Monarchs haven't been hit hard on the line, but they gave up 61 sacks this season. That leads college football. So if you think college football, and I certainly do, if you think games are one in the trenches, then you're talking about two teams who are going to be porous on each offensive line. What does that mean? These offenses aren't going to do much. And then you add rain to the forecast. I'm on the under. It's going to be my bet of the day. Yeah, I like that. Um, but I have seen the chaos that's been unfolding in some of these bowl games, and it makes me yeah. a little nervous. I remember I was at the gym, and who was Ohio playing? Was it Georgia Southern? All of yep. the, the the factors really pointed in Georgia Southern's direction. And I look up at the score, and I think it was like 21 to 3. I'm like, what's yeah. going on? Doesn't Ohio not even have their starting quarterback? So I'm not going to lie. I don't go into this game 
with a ton of confidence. When you don't really know the level of play that's coming from some of these backups, Mm -hmm. it's not something that would be like a big bet for me. I think this is one of those games where you just play for fun. If I had to pick a side, it would be the under, but it's not something that I feel like it's not going to be a five-star pick for me. I I agree. And that's the one thing about bowl season before we transition to the NFL again is that it's really made bowl season. Bowl season is chaotic anyway, right? Because there's Mm -hmm. motivation at play. There's travel involved, weird travel, right? You're going to places that you never go to. And sometimes there's delays weeks at a time before you see a team play again. And now adding to all of those factors, there's the portal. So it makes bowl season even more difficult to handicap. So if you're someone who says stay away, and I think that's a perfect example because everyone was on Georgia Southern, including this guy, Ohio, I believe was down to its third string quarterback or something. Didn't matter. Ohio won. So you just never know. Wanted to get to the NFL MVP odds because they have shifted quickly. We talked about this last week. Brock Purdy is now the overwhelming favorite. At minus 200, he's followed by Lamar Jackson, 5-1. to one. Dak Prescott, 6-1. to one. Josh Allen, 10-1. to one. Jalen Hurts, 11-1. to one. And there is Christian McCaffrey at 20-1. to one. A lot of people have been bagging on Brock Purdy and saying, look, with the offensive talent that he has, with the head coach that he has, he has the best job in the NFL. He dumps it off, lets these guys go. Well, Brock Purdy himself was asked about winning this award, and he says it's C-Mac. Okay. Well, let me Trust just. Me, he did say. He it. did say that. It, it, it he did happened. say. Uh, he did say that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. So if you're thinking, "Wow, it should be Christian McCaffrey instead," okay, fair enough. Brock Purdy agrees with you, and ironically, Chelsea, I think this helps his candidacy because people will say, "Well, at least he recognizes how good his talent around him is," and he's right about that. But I just don't think Christian McCaffrey will win at 20 to 20 to 1 odds, though I appreciate Brock Purdy acknowledging the skill players around him. Doesn't this almost make him look more like an MVP when he is, mm-hmm. you know, giving up some credit to his teammates? So I think this actually won him some points in the books of voters which this has been a season-long war, Brock Purdy against the MVP voters, because so many people keep saying the same thing. Oh, he's doing those short little dumpy passes, and then Debo and C-Mac, you know, run it in for the (laughs) touchdown. But the thing is, if you look at the numbers, you know, they're facts. And every single number is pointing in the direction of Brock Purdy. He leads the NFL in yards per attempt. He leads the NFL in air yards per attempt, which means the distance that the ball travels from his hand to the receiver. So, you know, he's not doing little check down passes by that metric. Also leads the NFL in quarterback rating, so on and so forth. And his team looks like the best team in football. So do you think that there is a real argument here between Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy? And I was thinking about it because our opinion doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. matter because we are not voters. But I was thinking of everybody on this network, you probably have the closest, like, you know, reach of anybody on our shows to a voter. Like, you covered command the commanders oh, yeah. for a long time, and you are somebody who has a very long career in journalism. So, like, I wouldn't say that your opinion is that t- too far removed from some of these voters. So, as somebody who has a long career in journalism, do you have a take here? I think that... 
we live in a very well as you know this is sort of what you were saying with the whole christmas package thing this is a very hot take society in which we live mm -hmm. but two things here yes if you want to break down brock purdy I, I i i find it fascinating that we have taken someone who was mr irrelevant what he has done as a guy who almost wasn't drafted to be in this position to act like anyone could do this is is mind-boggling to me if you want to tell me he's not as good as patrick mahomes or josh allen or dak that's fine you can make that argument i get it but at the end of the day you look at the numbers you look at wins and losses he has fulfilled every criteria that is always demanded of an mvp candidate and we act like oh they just inserted him in here oh oh phil from down the street can throw these passes he's had an incredible year i think he deserves it coming up next the hot stove in Major League Baseball is working overtime, and we'll talk about it next to the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Stay there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Oh, Double D. Hey. Welcome back to the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She's Chelsea Messenger. We will talk baseball here in just a bit with Max Scherzer, once again suiting up for the Rangers next season, but not until about the middle of the year. Chelsea, one thing that I got caught up in a little bit over the weekend was the BNC Championship in golf, where fathers team up with their sons. It was won by Bernhard Longer. He and his son, Jason, won this event for the third time. Longer has won it five times overall, but Tiger and his son, Charlie Woods, were playing in this thing. And I don't know which direction to go here. Number one, Charlie Woods watching him, he's only 14, and this is not a hot take. But, I mean, not only is he going to be incredible at golf, I believe his high school team just won the state championship in Florida. But if you watch his reaction, he had a chip in on one of the holes, and he does the whole tiger fist pump. And then when he drills a driver, he hit a driver over the green. The green was 321 yards. And you know when Tiger would hit a long drive, would just nail one, and would just snap his club back, just recoil in a straight line because he knew he had nailed it? And Charlie does the exact same thing. So that was crazy. And now this is something I feel like has been a little bit underreported. It looks like Tiger could break off from Nike. You assume this is going to be some sort of lifelong partnership. They asked him twice about his deal with Nike and whether or not it's going to come to an end. And Tiger said twice. He was asked twice. He had the same answer each time. I'm still wearing the apparel. Now nah, I'm still wearing the apparel. That doesn't sound like someone who is forging a future with Nike. And then I read a couple years ago after his car accident, if you noticed, he switched from Nike shoes to foot joy because of the issues with his foot, because his leg got broken, nearly lost that leg. So I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but Charlie's going to be great. I think the bigger story right now is, could Tiger 
have a deal with Puma in the next year or Adidas, you might not see him in his classic red and black on Sundays now. And I know Tiger doesn't play a normal schedule, but wouldn't that be strange? You, when you think of Nike, you think of two athletes, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Yeah, it would be strange. But yeah. Nike does not own red and black. Like, he can still wear red and black. It'll just have a different logo yeah, that's on it. true. I think it would be really weird. Um, I didn't know that. So I, I feel like I don't have, like, a good answer prepared. But we did watch some of this tournament over the weekend at our household. As you know, my husband loves golf. So we had this on. I'm like, sweetie, there's football. Uh. Can we please watch some of that? No, we're watching Charlie Woods walk in putts. You are so right. The mannerisms, the oh. way that he carries himself, it looks just like Tiger Woods. And this is one of the arguments for Nepo, uh, Nepo babies. <laughs> like, have you heard this term <laughs> where people like argue against the, you know, the kids who are of fair, famous parents? You know, they say the Nepo babies, the Nepo babies, because it's from nep nepotism, you know? So I don't know the correct way yeah. to say Nepo or whatever. Uh, but there's a reason that these kids have a leg up on the competition because they have some of these same qualities that their fathers have. But think of like the most famous athletes. What mm -hmm. have been the the best successes of their kids? Because like think of Michael Jordan. Like I don't think mm -hmm. his son really did that much in basketball. No. Think of like I know Magic uh, Johnson, his son was on like Rich Kids of Beverly Hills and is like a fashion influencer <laughs> or something. Right. But seriously, like think of the best ones. There are a few, but it's not super common. Well, it's very difficult, I think, for a couple reasons. A, when you're talking about, let's say, Jordan, for example, or LeBron, or Tiger's another example, you're talking about guys who are held as the greatest of all time or right up there in their respective sports, right? So already you're behind the eight ball there. But I think what makes golf different is if you're talking about football or basketball, even baseball, baseball's a little bit different, but particularly in football and basketball, you have to have a certain build or athleticism naturally. You can build it up to a certain point, but golf is different in that way. You don't really, you don't necessarily have to have a particular build in golf to be great at golf. What you need is to start hopefully early and have a great coach and learn the nuance of the game. And that's why you can see everyone from Tiger to John Daly. You can have all sorts of body types and still play great golf. And I think that's what makes it different for Charlie Woods is, look, Tiger was always in phenomenal shape. But it's not like going back, Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus were they're smoking cigarettes on the course. It didn't even matter. But if you dedicate yourself to the game in golf, you can be, you can reach a certain level or close to it. Whereas if you're Bronny James, look, he's not built like his dad. He may well be a fine basketball player in the NBA, but LeBron James is built like a linebacker and he just doesn't have that build. So I think maybe that's the difference between football and basketball, maybe other sports. Even though Charlie Woods has pretty good genetics, right? Like oh, Tiger yeah. Woods has like a pretty good body. Uh, is his mom Elon Nordgren? I don't know who his mom is. Do you know? That's Elon. Yeah, that's her. Uh, so yeah. I mean, they're like, divorced, I would but say it, that's genetically, Yeah, genetically, yeah. he's got it going on pretty well. But I think the difference between golf and other team sports is that it is only dependent on you. 
Because look at the NFL, yeah. like look at the Mannings and how they didn't want Eli going to a certain team because how it could affect him. In mm-hmm. golf, it's you and you alone. So many times we see this in sports where, you know, a star player has to go to a bad team, I guess, especially in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, but there are other factors at play, whereas in golf, it is you and you alone. So I feel like he has that going for him as well. Oh, it's true. And when you talk about the Mannings, I this is why – Arch Manning is always considered to be a guy who's going to get in the portal. He's going to get in the portal. But one of the things the Mannings do, based on the history, because remember, it goes back from not just Eli and Peyton, but to Archie. And Archie mm-hmm. was the first Manning in the NFL. And Archie was a great quarterback, but he suffered for years on one of the worst teams ever. The Saints were so bad, and he was a great quarterback on an awful team. And the Mannings decided, we will never let this happen again. And so that's one of the reasons why they said, we're not letting Eli go to the Chargers, that organization. will He'll go to the Giants. And so it's kind of the same thing with Arch, where if they have to hold back Arch an extra year to make sure he goes to the right franchise, they will. That's part of the plan. So to your point, that's why golf is also different, because sometimes you can be on a trash team and it clearly affects your performance. If you don't have the right people around you and you don't have the right organization in place, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, do you want to go to a garbage organization that can't do anything right, that's been losing and losing and losing and losing? No, you don't. So I think that's a very good point. Yeah, look at Justin Herbert. If only he had Archie Manning (laughs) as his dad uh, and said, no, son, you will not be going to the Chargers. Your career will be wasted. You will put up some good numbers. You will draw comparisons to Aaron Rodgers. But guess what? You're not going to the postseason. Man, what do we make of his future? Like, I know this is a tangent, but I was just at Walmart, and they had Justin Herbert on all of the TVs wearing his Chargers uniform Mm -hmm. and, like, looking happy. And I was like, oh, that's an old picture. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think Justin Herbert is – when he is healthy and if he had a better organization around him, look, he he can be as good as anyone else. He's proven he set records early on in his career. And he's still got a long way to go. He's got a long runway ahead of him. But I, I don't I do not fault Justin Herbert at all for what might be considered a lack of production. I mean, Brandon Staley might thank God they finally got rid of him. He needs he need and the Chargers are in a rough spot because they kind of had a window there where everyone's healthy and they have talent. And now everyone's banged up again. They're a year older. They need a head coach. They might have to retool in a lot of different ways before maybe Justin Herbert gets what he deserves in a Chargers uniform. I guess we need it. So, well, let, let's stay out west and talk a little baseball here. I did mention Max Scherzer. So, Mad Max is 39. He's coming back next season, final year of a three year, $130 million contract. During the playoffs, we remember he had problems with a tricep injury. Well, now. He has a herniated disc in his back. So what does that mean? He's returning next season, but it won't be until about middle of the year for the Rangers. But when I say out West, how about the Dodgers once again, Chelsea? I'm starting to get angry at the Dodgers. They have signed an extension with Tyler Glass now after making a trade with the Rays. So the Dodgers get Glass now and outfielder Manuel Margot. The Rays get right-hander Ryan Pepio and a prospect named Johnny DeLuca. So, uh, good for the Dodgers, I guess. They're going all in. They have Shohei, Tyler Glass now. This is the, one of the frustrating things with me in baseball is that 
sure, you got the money, go for it. But at the same time, it's kind of getting ridiculous with the number of players they have signed. I guess the caveat is you could say, well, it hasn't helped them, but once over the past few years. Yeah, but you got to keep trying. This is a big market team with a big wallet. And now we're starting to see it because last year they didn't make a ton of moves. And I think it did cost him in the postseason. So this Tyler Glassdown move, I think, is a very solid one for the Dodgers. Remember, they had an elimination game where Lance Lynn was throwing it? This uh, means yes, you need more starters. This was the problem with the Dodgers last year. Everybody said, oh, I can't believe the Dimebacks beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers didn't have any starting pitching. Like, Clayton Kershaw is a Hall of Famer, and he's a really good pitcher, but he shouldn't be your ace. And I know a lot of mm -hmm. it had to do with injuries um, and just like off the field stuff. Because remember, Trevor Bauer was supposed to be a part of the rotation. And we know he is not on the team. Julio Arias was supposed to be in the rotation, was dealing with some off field issues as well. So this is one area where the Dodgers immediately got better. Because remember, Shohei Otani is not going to be pitching all of next season. Yes, he's a great batter. And of course, he'll add some pop to the lineup. But this mm -hmm. is the prime area of need that the Dodgers needed to address. And they certainly did. That's a very good point. I knew you would have a take as you're a baseball gal. And the Dodgers are the favorites of BetMGM to win the World Series. They are sitting at plus 450. Braves right behind at plus 650. Then you have the Yankees at plus 850 and the Astros at 9 to 1. All right, coming up in hour two, we've got some great candidates for Monday MVP, including a couple of players representing both the college and pro game and basketball that is coming your way next on the daily tip from Becky Well presented by Adam Jim. For more, listen to the daily tip presented by BetMGM. weekday mornings from six to nine Eastern on the Beck QL network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.